Hi, I'm Harry. And I'm Simon. Together we sell all sorts of antiques and collectibles from our two auction houses in Windsor and in Devon. But where do the items come from? Join us as we chat about house clearances, our weird and wonderful finds. And interview others in the antiques and auction trade. And if we're honest, just about any other topic that happens to come to mind. Welcome back to The Gavel and The Gavel. It's me, Harry, and I'm joined as ever by... It's me, Simon, with no pithy intro. Is that your new tagline? No pithy intro? No pithy intro. Today, not happening. How are you, my friend? I am really well. I've had a really busy but really fun day. And then you and I are scheduled to record a number of interviews this afternoon. I'm so looking forward to that. Fun. Yeah, fantastic. I had a real I had a real treat today. Shall mm-hmm. I tell you about my treat? Tell, tell me, tell me. There are people who live within the grounds of Windsor Castle. Mm. And I went to one of the apartments to look Lovely. at some things. Does your wife know? To sell oh, get some things. <laughs> to look at some things to sell at auction. And it was really nice. No, because you have to jump through a lot of hoops and security and all sorts to get anywhere near that. I remember doing hoops, doing a hoops, hoops were jumped jumped through. Well, stepped through in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really lovely. It was really lovely. But I have an anecdote which I have checked with the lady in question to tell you. So we're going round the property and we're looking at things that are going to be sold. And there is a Victorian, if not slightly older sack barrow and she says oh will this sell and i said yeah it's really it's a display piece it's, it's not going to make a fortune but it's a bit of fun and it's quite cool looking and she's put it's all polished up and all the rest of it and i said oh yeah yeah we can sell that for you we'll you know take it on the lorry and all the rest of it and she went yeah that's from australia i brought it back from australia i said pardon <laughs> and she started laughing she goes what and i said no, hang on a minute. When people go on holiday to Australia, they bring back a, like a silver coin from the Perth Mint or a cuddly koala or, mm. or whatever. You brought back a sack barrow and she fell about laughing. And eventually she said, no, she said, no, 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 sorry. I should have qualified that. I lived in Australia <laughs> and it all came back on the container ship. <laughs> but the way she t- expressed it to me sounded like she just popped out, you know, see a few relatives or gone on holiday and brought herself a sack barrow back. <laughs> But I race back from Windsor Castle because we are chatting today to who, Simon? We are talking to the superstar, the legend that is Danny Sebastian. And he is a proper dealer, a proper character. And he is Danny Sebastian off the telly. Here he comes. Welcome back to The Gavel and the Gavel, and I am privileged to say that we are joined by one of the most famous dealers on TV now, host of Bargain Hunt, antique dealer extraordinaire, Danny Sebastian. Hello, Danny. How are you, mate? Not so bad at all. Not so bad. Can't grumble. Good, good. I'm glad (laughs) to hear it. Danny, it's absolutely lovely to see you, and thanks for making time to come on the podcast, because we know that you are a very, very busy man. And uh, listen, let's start for our listener by just asking you, you are a magnificent trader. We've all seen you on the telly. You're a great personality. But how did you get started in this business, Danny? Tell us about that. Um, I got started around about 2005. I did a program with David Dickinson. Prior to the program, I was a, a market trader. And then uh, I went on a program with David Dickinson where he just he took on six disciples um, and tried to show them the world of antiques. 
I was one of the six um, and just got totally flabbergasted by it all. I just dropped tools one day and the next day I said, I'm getting into antiques. And um, I suppose, really, the rest is history. So straight into TV. I mean, how on earth did you manage that? They know talent when they see talent. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, Danny, were you? Am I right in saying that you were in? Because I, I remember you being in this show, Dell Boys and Dealers, where you had an auction in your own house. And then That's I was right. Yeah. Then I was gutted to find that I thought I was going to be really clever and it had, you know, it had been forgotten. I've noticed that the BBC have clipped it up and are pushing it out all the time now because you're so famous. So they're pushing that out. But that's where you, that's another one of the shows you were in early days. Early days. Well, I mean, dealing with Dickinson was in 2005. Um, uh, and that's where it initially all started, to be honest. Um, and then about nine years later, so I'd been trading, buying, selling, learning, reading, going to antique centres, going to museums, going to car boots, going to fairs, um, going to antique fairs uh, and, and just getting a grasp of what this antique world was all about. And then all of a sudden, um, Dell Boys and Dealers came about where uh, basically they, they, they kind of wanted a real dealer, if you would. You were the best thing in that by a long chalk. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I kind of seemed a lot better than what I was because <laughs> people around me weren't so great. <laughs> um, even I know that. You know, there was. A, I think there was a lot of people trying to be what it said on the script. So the programme was called Dalebles and Dealers. They were looking for dealers or, you know, a former Dell boy, a bit of a wide boy, a, a wheeler dealer, ducker diver. And everyone was trying to, to to portray that they really are this person that the B, you know that the BBC was looking for, rather than just being themselves. And and I was just being myself, and it you know it worked. I, I kind of shone. You which, really did. Which I think the other people were just trying too hard, and it didn't work for them, you know. But I think all said and done, that is where the big break came about, really, with Dell Boys and Dealers more so than dealing with Dickinson nine years prior. Right. Yeah, I, think I think you're absolutely right. What's, what's one of your favourite memories of that show then, Danny? I think one of the best parts was probably going to London to sell the caribou's head. That right. was probably one of my best parts. I met a real nice guy, auctioneer, um, Nick Holt from Hammersmith. Yeah, yeah. Um, got on really good, really learned a, a lot about his field in antiques, which is arms, I think that's when it really got going. You know, the buy-in was just something that I was I was used to, going into auctions, buying, you know. But the selling part is always the best part. And I had a yeah. big... Uh, well, the best part, I suppose, was, as I say, selling the caribou, purely because I bought it for about £200, and, and I really had this impression that it was worth about two grand. So, you know, I really wanted to get shot of it and, and you know, make this big sack of money. Turned out I didn't make two grand for it, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it, it weren't that great, but it was still a great experience at the time. Brilliant, brilliant. And what about, uh, so you're dealing to this very day, yes? You're dealing every still day? Still dealing. Yeah. And what is it What is it today that you're enjoying dealing in? You know, is, is it still the antiques? Has your taste changed? Has the market changed for you? 
I deal in furniture, really, predominantly furniture, not getting no younger, you know, and <laughs> lumping around these big. And, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I generally like the big lumps because when you go to an auction and you find something that's really big, I don't know, let's say um, Scottish drawers, Victorian Scottish drawers or um, a great big counter. Let's say, you know, people just think it's too big. I don't want to deal with it. I've got no way of getting it home. So it, it lowers the price. It lowers the value. Um, so they're the pieces that I really like. But it's coming to a head now where, I'm, you know, I, I want to deal in watches. <laughs> I want to deal in something that's got good value, very, very commercial. And I don't know, you can you can have a carrier bag or, you know, a little gent, gents bag. <laughs> and you, you, you know, you've got five, six, ten thousand pounds worth, and, and no one's none the wiser, really. Rather yeah, than yeah. sort of having to have a lad to help you, having a big van, lumping around big lumps. Oh, I'm, I'm I mean, don't get me wrong, I still can't leave it if I see something and it's you know, um, at a reasonable price, I'll buy it. But I am trying to steer away from it, really. I think I'm sort of more into the smalls now, and where purely you- to save me back. <laughs> where do you sell danny what's uh what's your route to market do you do the fairs do you do the auctions do you do you do you have websites how, how do you play that one well i generally sell at your big fair so you're talking newark swinderby yeah, um yeah. Lye, kempton park uh malvern the big fairs the big antique fairs that's where i like to go to i just find that everyone's aware of them they're well advertised people know what they're getting there um, so that's where, and, and, and that aside, on the internet, I, I, yeah. I think the whole world is now, you know, favourable of the internet. I think prior, maybe, I don't know, five, eight, ten years ago, people were, you know, you, you get the old dealers. Oh, I don't deal with the internet. I don't do it. You know, yeah, yeah. I can't be doing with it. But it's now come to a head, maybe since the sort of pandemic, um, where people are aware that the way forward is the internet. Um, so that's what I generally, that's where I generally sell. Don't like to sell at auctions, really, purely because, uh, you know, the commissions are just... All right, all right, really. Danny. Yeah, OK, we'll just talk over you there. As, <laughs> as, hang on. Hold Danny, on. Danny, as, we I mean, may have forgot to mention at the top of the show, we've got two auction houses. You know that, right? <laughs> well, sometimes you've got to tell the truth. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. If you've got a Fabergé egg, or something that's worth good value, then you're not going to sell it on a fair or even on the internet. Your best place to sell it will be at an auction house. Nice uh, recovery. Uh, nice recovery there, Danny. I like well, that. Well, nice I, I think it's the truth, to be honest. I mean, although you've got auction houses on the internet, they're still not going to be as good as, say, your sale room, where you turn around and say, we've got a, um, a Russian... A Russian artifact sale, or you know, or if you're selling a Rolex watch, we've got you know a high quality watch sale. Um, mm. That is where the audience are going to go to. They're going to know, oh yeah, they've got you know they've got a sale on this week. Um, I'm going to have a look at the catalogue and see what they've got. More so than I don't know eBay, you know, where you've probably got. Well, you can't trust it. You know, it's all good and well going to eBay um, and picking up. A set of drawers with a good description, but you wouldn't really want to go and buy a Rolex watch off off eBay because y- you honestly don't know what you're buying. 
you know, then you take it to a, a reputable um, uh, jeweller and he says it's fake. And then you go back to the internet and you find out you can't find the person that you bought it from. <laughs> exactly so, right. Yeah. So that's where you come into the equation. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, good quality items, whether it be uh, a chest of drawers or, um, or, or, or like I say, you know, a Cartier watch you guys are where you want to be purchasing them sort of items from. You've got a good description. You've got, you know, a report on it. And, and of course, uh, you're established. So, you know, you're there. Any problems, you go back to the auction house and say, I'm not happy with the item. Whereas, yeah. uh, all good and well for a pair of trainers on, on the internet, you know, <laughs> but you just don't know really what you're buying. Danny, now, do, you do, do you do much buying at auction? Sorry, Eric. No, after you, mate. I've just come from one today, actually. I've gone to a local one. Fantastic. Um, look, the thing is with auctions, hey, I've got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, me personally, I think I've got an extra feather in my cap, whereas people know I'm on TV, so they trust me. So they probably want to meet me a little bit, and they also are quite feel quite safe for me to come into their house. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people invite me around to come and have a look at this piece of pottery, this piece of glass, this piece of furniture. So I don't go to auctions nowadays as much as what I did do uh, before. But I was going to say, Danny, do you think your house calls have picked up since you've become a, a household name on the TV? Oh, without do you think, a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, you are very good at what you do on TV, but it's also a fantastic way of advertising what you do, isn't it? I'm guessing. Without a doubt, yeah. I mean, my sales, my purchases have gone up tenfold since I've been on the telly, you know. And then, he, of course being sort of co-hosting Bargain Hunt, where there's a lot of exposure. It's on every day, you know, even more so. Uh, it really has picked up where people, I, I wouldn't say they necessarily want to meet me, but I'm no better than the next man yourself. I'm no better, but I, I suppose it's just that exposure, which gives you a bit more limelight or easily accessible. Now, you know. I, I, now, can I ask you about the Bargain Hunt thing? Because obviously, by the time you got the Bargain Hunt uh, co-host official job last year, you'd been on a lot of TV. You've been doing a lot of stuff, haven't you? Is, is it still a nice, warm feeling when somebody rings you up, the production company or whatever, and says, Danny, do you know what? We actually, we we want you to be a full-time member of the of the team and a co-host and... You know, it's it is on every day. I mean, it is on every day. I mean, the commitment's quite a lot, isn't it? It is, yes. So, but, I, mean, I mean, do you it, still, it, even with even when you, you know, you you're a you you're an easygoing guy. You know, the people you, you lived a good life, but it still must be a nice and warm, fuzzy feeling. Going, do you know what? I've kind of made it here. Hang on a minute, I'm doing all right. You know, I must be doing the right thing for them to give me the gig. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, um, very humbled by it all. You know, it's um so humbled, very fortunate, very very fortunate. I mean, there's a lot of good dealers out there. I mean, I'm not indispensable. You know, I, I'm just fortunate that I'm in this position currently. Um. And very humbled by it all as well, you know. Oh, it's a nice feeling. It, it is <laughs> yeah. a nice feeling. It, it is a nice feeling. Um, Good. Well, it, it, it gives you that speciality. It makes you feel a little bit special, you know. No better than the next man, but to yourself. Yeah, that's you what I was feel... getting at. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. That's yeah, what I was getting definitely. at. The fact that you get to, you know, you get up in the morning and go, do you know what? Today I'm going to go and film another episode of Bargain Hunt. I'm doing all right. <laughs> definitely. I mean, even when, you know, I mean, obviously, it's a daytime TV show. 
most the majority of people are working, you know, um, of, a, of an age, I don't know, 20, 20 to 55. The majority of those people in that window are working. You know, it's, it's, it's so wonderful when somebody comes along, you know, and, 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 um, and says, Hiya, Danny, you know, I watched you the other day. Oh, that was a great item that you bought, you know, and, and you look at the person and think, bloody hell, you wouldn't even expect them to be watching Bargain Hunt. You know, and I say, oh, what? right, when, where did you say? Oh, no, we recorded it. We, we never miss it, you know, and you think, <laughs> very nice. Oh, that's really, and you've gone on to do um, CBeebies as well, Danny. Is that right? Yeah, I did see the other 61 episodes. Obviously, I'll be brutally honest, I haven't seen it, but I love the oh. fact that, that, when, but that when I looked it up, it, the, the tagline seems to be making sustainability fun. And you're doing that with the kids, right? That's a, that is a cool message to get out there. How's that working? Um, well, we've done 61 episodes. I've, I've, I think they've finished the programme, to be honest. But, I mean, of course, with the BBC, it's repeated, yeah. repeated. Yeah. And, of course, you're getting a different audience because those that are getting too old move on to CBBC. And, of course, you've always got babies coming through. So, um, <laughs> so, you, so, so you've got the whole spectrum. You've got the whole spectrum sorted out, haven't you? You're covering oh. all the bases there, Danny. Oh, without a doubt. And of course, it, it, it's such a lovely programme because we're living in a, in a very throwaway society yeah. where, you know, if you can sort of educate the youngsters to be sustainable, be resourceful uh, and, and, and sort of have fun with something that would generally get thrown away. I don't know. You buy a brand new telly um, and you don't know what to do with the box. Oh, put it out for the cardboard. But there's so much things that can be created from that big cardboard box, plastic bottles, old, old pieces of furniture, even that you know you've got a, you've got a, a chair and a leg's broken. You can still transform that chair into something different that kids can. And there's no right or wrong. That's that's brilliant. the real yeah. beauty of it. You know, and you 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 wouldn't turn around and say, "Oh my God, what have you made there?" Because mm. that child sees it as something. I mean, if they've spent a lot of time, they've they've used materials, um, they've respected the materials, they've respected that something else can be made from something what is thought to have been garbage, then, you know, so, That's so lovely. nice. That must be really gratifying as well, because, you know, I've got young kids. Um, when I see them on their screens, uh, my heart just dies a little bit inside. But when I see them building something and junk modelling and or playing with Lego or, or repurposing something, that fills you full of joy as an adult. But also, you know, it's a message we've got to get across to those kids, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Well, well done you, mate. Well done you. That must be uh, enjoyed nice, did you enjoy doing it as well? Oh, I'll tell you what, it, it was probably, it was probably my best TV. Really? It's oh, probably really? what, I mean, I, I, I mean, I like kids anyway, you know, if you've got, if, if kids come, family or whatever, come around the house, the missus always says, sort them kids out, you know, <laughs> and, and, and she might be having a glass of wine and everyone else is, and, and, and I'm babysitting rather than having a glass of wine, you know, alongside <laughs> But, you know, I, I can work with them. I, yeah, probably a bit of a big kid myself. But, um, oh, yeah, fantastic. You know, I, I think the, the thing is as well, you really get, when you're working with, with kids, you really get the rawness 
if you would, you know, you you, you really do. I remember saying, uh, even on the programme, uh, I take uh, I, we was in the junkyard and I take out, I don't know, um, a piece of wood. And then I'll say to the kids, I'll say, right, kids, I'm off. I'm going to go and see Martin, who is a carpenter. Uh, no, I'll say, I'm going to go and see my friend, who's a carpenter, and see if he can do anything with this lump of wood. And one of the kids would turn around and say, Danny, have you got any friends? You know, just like that, you know, straight off the top of their head. And I think that makes it so beautiful that they really say what they feel or what they see. You know, uh, there's no, you know, a lot of people say to me on bargain and when I see them on the street, they'll say, what the bloody hell did you buy that for? You know, so, so they're knocking me, you know, or I'll tell you what, you, you lost 20 quid on that item on Tuesday. What a load of, you know, they're kind of knocking me. Whereas with the kids, as soon as they see you, like a parent will say, oh, is it possible? My child said that, you know, my Darren said he's seen you on telly. Could we have a photo? And, and the, the love is right there, you know, so um, and wouldn't I love be a better feeling. That's fantastic, Danny. And I love, so Harry and I on this podcast, one of the things that we are trying to get across as well is the fact that the sustainability of the antiques industry. There is no greener way to shop than at fairs and auctions and boot fairs. And there is no more, uh, there is no better recycling message than what we're doing. But one of the things that Harry and I are, are trying to champion is getting that message out to the youngsters. Don't go and buy a terrible three-piece suite on the never-never at a big high street, you know, pay for it over three years. It's a pile of junk and it will collect, you know, uh, look at the sustainability of buying your furniture through fairs and auctions and from dealers like yourself, because that is recycling at its absolute greenest. And I'm guessing you're championing that cause as well. Oh, without a doubt. I was going to say, I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> but you're getting better. And you're getting the youngsters We're getting involved. good practice, Danny. We say it every week. <laughs> <laughs> but how do we get, Danny? How do we get the, the youngsters today? Because times are hard today, aren't they? And, you know, getting uh, the youngsters who are trying desperately to get on the housing ladder and buy their first homes. We've got to get those guys coming to people like you, coming to the fairs, coming to the auction houses and getting that, you know, uh, green message. But it's hugely economically viable for them as well. We've got to get that message across, haven't we? Well, I, I think the message is coming across. I remember when I used to go to charity shops 30 years ago, you know, and it was embarrassing. You know, somebody yes. would say, you know, oh, I like them jeans, but you'd, there's no way that you'd say I got it from a charity shop. But <laughs> but nowadays, it's so in vogue. So I do think the message is coming across. I think what we've got as well is you've got everybody wants the cream. That, that That's where the problem might be coming as well. I mean, I'll sell something that's six quid as well as I'll sell something that's worth 6,000. Um, I've got no scruples, you know. Um, it's, <laughs> as, you, as you rightfully said, it's, it's more about sustainability than what it is about just making big money, um, you know, because you look, we, we know to say, you look after your pennies and your pounds look after yourself. So, so it goes without saying. But I think a lot of people nowadays, they don't want the lesser items or they don't want to be seen to be selling the lesser items. It's mm. all about the cream and not the crap, um, mm. which we've got to kind of get away from that kind of stigma, really. Otherwise, the fact being, you buy something that's flat packed from China, well, it's made of chipboard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's absolute 
yeah, garbage, really. You know, uh, don't get me wrong, it, it fulfills a purpose. But it, I mean, what are you expecting if it costs you £22 for a set of drawers with a hardboard bottom on the drawer? I mean, you know, you put two pairs of undercrackers in it <laughs> and the bottom falls out. It can't take no weight. Whereas if you get a good set of, you know, early drawers, whether they're Victorian, whether they're Edwardian, whether they're early 20th century, retro, they're just well made. They're stronger. Absolutely. It's good wood. And okay, it's going to cost more than the £22 you'd pay on the ice street, but it's going to last a lot. Well, it's, it's, it's lasting 70 years. Yeah. Coming from the 50s. Yeah, that's right. But and, and surely it's going to last another. I mean, you move, a, let's say, for example, you buy something from Ikea and then you're, you're going to paint the room. You move the set of drawers, you know, you shuffle them along the floor, but when you go to put them back, you think, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you look like the Tower of Pisa. <clears throat> <laughs> but, but I think we've got a big task, you know, to sort of get that message across, purely because people haven't got the money. You know, things are tight at the minute. People haven't really got the money. Um, so the, the difficulty is upon... Findings. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still go right across the board, don't we? Because even if we pick up an old set of drawers that are dark brown and ugly, we all know that we can sand them down and and, and repaint them to yep. whatever you know tone fits your decor. So there's ways around it. There is ways around buying cheap pieces of furniture that are good quality and still making them desirable for your abode, you know, but I, I think we've still got to be knocking on that door, telling people, advertising what we do and what we've got to let the younger generation realise that, hello, we are here. Absolutely. Yeah, and it sounds like you're doing a cracking job at that, Danny. So fantastic it job. It really well does sound like you're doing a, a brilliant job. Well, only trying. <laughs> now, Danny, a lot of our listeners to the pod, they want to hear from an experienced dealer like yourself. They want to hear two things. What's been your best buy over the years that you can tell us about? And come on, we're all human. Give us a stinker. <laughs> when it comes to good buys, I've bought a lot of good buys over the years. I think the best item I bought was a violin. At the time, I bought it for £70. Didn't really know what it was, but could see that it was quality. You know, yeah. and, and as we know, quality sells. But I didn't yeah. know what it was. But, I mean, it had all this gold kind of engraving on it. Um, had a name on it. I don't mean it was French. Sold that for four grand. Oh. Cost me 70 quid. <laughs> Got it on a car boot. No, that's really? That's a, yeah. at the, that's a good day at the office. That well, I mean, don't get me wrong. That doesn't happen every week. You know, when it comes to sort of, you know, I've bought, I've bought an... Um, Geo Ponty chair, £40, sold it for 400 I bought, uh, this bloke come from France again. He come from France. No, he never, he come from Belgium. And I had this um, beautiful bar. It was like a retro bar. Uh, beautiful thing. Um, red it was. Uh, red glass. It, gla it was a glass bar, red. Um, of course, sold that for about, I think it was about 900 um, and they just keep on coming. Mm -hmm. You know, if I see, I mean, obviously nowadays, the same item, you'd, you'd probably pay £300, £400 for it. But of course, it's gone up in value. You know, you might well get £1,500 for it nowadays. I remember picking up this chair in a car boot in London. It was an, um, it was an, um, like a recliner massage, far from an antique, really. But it was an, um, 
I sold out that day. Plenty of money in my pocket. I was with the bread knife. Sold out. <laughs> and we, we, when we were leaving, there was this chair in the middle of the car park. Somebody had obviously left it. A big heavy thing. Somebody must have thought, I'm not taking that home no more. Anyway, I went over and I'd look at it. Clean as a whistle. And I thought, bloody hell, I'll tell you what, well, I had an empty van, I'd sold out. So I chucked it in the back of the van, done my research, I forgot the name of it, but it was a well-known, uh, lazy boy, lazy boy it was. Anyway, it turned out it was a um, massager, recliner, I done sang and danced every tune you could think of. <laughs> anyway, I put it on the internet and um, this lady rang me up from, she was from Derby. Anyway, she said, have you still got this? I said, yeah, I've still got it. Yeah, she said, can you deliver it? I said, yeah, I can deliver it. She said, um, it's exactly what I'm looking for. I thought, well, I've got her now. I've got her now. <laughs> anyway, she said um, her husband was terribly ill and he, he was bed, bed laden. But he said he needed this massage mechanism to move the blood, I suppose, you know, to keep everything flowing. Anyway, cut a long story short. She had it. I mean, um, I think I put it up to something silly. They were about £4,000 brand new. She couldn't afford a brand new one. Um, she bought this one off me for about 800 quid. Cost me absolutely nothing. Worked perfectly. <laughs> you know, and 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 those... I mean, when, it, when you're talking hundreds of pounds, profit, um, walk in the park, to be honest. Um, it's a walk in the park. I, I, I generally... And, and I mean, even, so, even more so now, I find being on TV, people seemingly buy things off me just to sort of say, I bought, bought that off from you. Sebastian. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I, I kind of get that impression because, <laughs> well, they buy things, they come and pick it up, and I say, Oh, what are you going to do with it? I'm not sure yet. And I say, Oh, oh, right. Um, and it, I, I think they want the bar. I, I think they want the barter. I, that, that's the impression I'm kind of getting that they just want to sort of have a deal or have a bit of a barter. Because they're happy as Larry, but I've got no idea what they're going to do with it, where they're going to place it. And I think, did they really want that? Or did they just want to come and have a barter? So, so when it comes to, um, to buying, you know, to, to, to making profit, um, well, that's my middle name. But, but <laughs> when it comes to a stinker, I, I, I never forget when I had an, um, a, a Gordon Russell desk and chair. Tell you what, well, I put it on eBay. I remember putting it on eBay and it sold for 99 pence. Bloody hell. That was probably, <laughs> but I couldn't sell it. Well, the thing is, I put it up for about £195, which I thought at the time was, was reasonable. Couldn't sell it, couldn't sell it, couldn't sell it. I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it up at 99p and let it reach where, you know, where it's deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 99 pence, and I think that's about <laughs> the biggest stinker. Do you know I've never bought a piece of Gordon Russell since? Uh, ever since, I bet. Danny, I've never Danny. Bought, but I think with Gordon Russell, there's certain pieces that are worth good money, and they're the pieces you've got to buy. Uh, all of it is not desirable, although it's a very good mid-century name. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem to sell. But thank you for letting us know that a legend like yourself can get it wrong as well. That makes us all feel better, That Danny. makes all us all feel, feel better. better. Going back to that stinker, I must say, you know, as soon as I drop the phone, I'm probably going to remember plenty of things that, you know, that have been stinkers. But the fact of the issue is, you know, I've only mentioned one, but let the truth be told, you know, we all buy items and then you get it home. You might find it's full of woodworm or it's not what it says on the tin. You know, um, I've bought watches that have not been 100% bona fide. 
And I suppose that the real truth of the issue is this. You've got to just move on from it. You, 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 you know, you've bought a stinker. It's not worth what you expected it to be or it's not what it says on the tin. Put it to the side, learn from it and move on. And we've all done it. We've all done it. And no doubt I'll keep on doing it because sometimes you can get over enthusiastic about things. And, uh, and, you know, and buy with your heart rather than your head. So, um, Cracking yeah, bit just, of advice. Uh, Cracking uh, bit of advice. about enjoying the moment, really. It's a lot of fun at auction houses and outbidding, you know, you know, bidding for your item and hoping that you get it. Um, get yourself down in an auction room. And one thing for sure, set a price in your head and stick with it. If not, you can soon get sort of tallied up. <laughs> into spending a lot more money than what you've actually got. Danny, what I've got from that is I'm going to clip up, get yourself down to an auction room in your voice. That's going to be my new ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Harry. Every time my phone goes, it's going to be Danny Sebastian going, get yourself down to an auction room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Have you got any anything that you, we always like to give people, our guests the opportunity have you got anything that's coming up that you want to plug? Obviously, then make sure the whole population's watching you at lunchtime doing Bargain Hunt. I know I'm on Bargain Hunt, BBC One, quarter past 12 on the 13th of this month. So that's always worth watching. I've got a few things in the pipeline, but they've not quite come off yet. So I suppose it's one of them. Watch this space. You have very kindly shared all your tips, a bit of history about yourself. Um, I'm, I'm afraid we're nearly out of time. When you're having fun. Time always goes quick. It's brilliant. Danny, I mate, I can't, we can't thank you enough for spending us, uh, sparing us the time. We really can't. We know how busy you are. You've got so much going on. People are going to love this podcast. Absolutely love having it. You know, we like it when people lift the veil and they get to meet the real you. And we really feel you've shared that with us today. I'm hugely grateful. Thank you. Lovely, lovely, lovely to speak to you. Keep doing the great work. Uh, keep sending the message out there. And I tell you what, I think Harry will agree with me on saying what a tremendous guest to have on our podcast. Thank you for your time, mate. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. All right, Daddy, you take care, mate. Thank you. All the best. Cheers, All mate. the very best. Take good care. How great was that, Simon? My God, he's a right character, isn't he? What a great lad. Come on, what a superstar. Do you know what? That is the beauty of this industry. And that is what we are trying to highlight to our listener, is that what a beautiful industry to work in where you've got characters like Danny kicking about all over the place. What a star. Love his ethos. Love his work ethic. Love his enthusiasm. What a star. And do you know what? Really delighted uh, that you, Harry, managed to get that legend onto our podcast. Well done, you, Harry. Oh, I don't think it's got anything to do with me. I think producer David can carry a lot of the weight of getting that interview over the line because technically, as ever... Antique dealers, we're not good at this, we're are not, we? With not, to, no. As soon as the word laptop and headphones and microphone, panic ensues. Absolute panic sets in. Um, but yeah, what an all-round lovely guy. And, you know, somebody who is really promoting all of the good things about this industry. So lots of sustainability. Love it. Loving that sustainability. And you know what? I re my favorite bit of that, I have to say, was the whole CBB's junk rescue. What a great story. What a great thing for him to be doing. The next generation are learning about recycling, upcycling, 
and all of that good stuff. So good on you, Danny. Right, Simon. Now that we're just getting to the end of this podcast, we've got to ask our listener to subscribe. Blow us a kiss. Review and that sort of stuff. Spread the word about the gavel and the gavel. I can't believe, though, that we're actually asking them to give us five stars. I think we should, mate. Why? It's up to them, surely. But yeah, if you can give us five stars, that'd be absolutely lovely. But if you don't, you know, if you feel it's worth four. I don't know how to break this to you, listener. If we get a load of one-star reviews, <laughs> Simon will lose his mind. So please make sure they're five stars. No, now you're encouraging the listener to do one star. Stop it. Right, mate. I will see you soon. See you soon, buddy.